bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7-365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. for you. Please stick with us as much as you can throughout the whole day. We have a lot going on today. I actually, we have a couple listeners who are taking um, uh, part in a uh, scavenger hunt down at Pike Market. They've been checking in with me periodically. They just started on that. They are at the Biscuit Bitch in, uh, in the Market District, and we've sent them on several challenges, so they are in the process of doing that. They're going to check in with us, and we'll see how that is going. Um, they're the first people to take us up on this challenge, this scavenger hunt challenge. So um, they'll win a prize. I don't even know what it is because nobody's taken us up on it before, but I will have something in mind. If you are in Seattle, there's a lot going on, one of which the Capitol Hill Block Party is going to be happening tonight, the Seafair Porchlight Parade, the Mariners are in town, the Sounders are in town. Traffic's just going to be a nightmare, but there's always something fun to do. And my first guest, they are just friends of mine. I've been a friend of Brian's for quite a while now, followed him with his band, the Step Daddy Band. Uh, him and his uh, buddies Vern and Scott, they have a band called Monkey Bat. And it, it, it's completely different from the Step Daddy Band, and we're going to let you listen to some of that hot music that's going on in Seattle with them. And the guys are, well, Vern and Brian are with me right now, and they're going to kind of tell us how this album started and, and, and how it's going. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Oh, thank you for having us, Lori. How are you doing today? Oh, man, it's just it, it's a great day. I love the summer. Yeah, it's beautiful out. Yeah, we uh, we actually just got back from uh, playing the 6th Street Fair last night in Bellevue, and it was wonderful out. Uh, very nice, and uh, it was packed all day, so it was wonderful wonderful to be out there uh, seeing all that art in Bellevue. Bellevue is, um, they have a, a whole new music scene kind of coming on right now. There's, there's a lot more music happening um, in Bellevue. We hope so. <laughs> we really want to get get over there because they uh yeah they have a, they're very receptive over there so uh, we, but we've had, mm-hmm. you know, we've had a pretty favorable reception all over um because you know we're all instrumental and uh kind of a new jazz uh, uh genre not nothing too uh you know nothing too abstract but still uh but still kind of stepping out a little bit so it's uh, it's enjoyable yeah um, Have you guys tried I'm over let, I'm um, let playing Vern, uh, Tell you a little bit about uh, how the album got started right now. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. Hi, Vern. Oh, hi. Uh, well, let's see. We started uh, about three years ago. We uh, we met through another singer songwriter e kind of band, and uh, there was a, a five piece at that point. And uh, as we went along. Uh, Scott and Brian and I uh, started to progress a little bit outside of that box, and we started writing music, and it became obvious at one point that we needed to go a little bit farther. And we tried to drag the rest of the band along with us, but it just was one of those things that obviously wasn't going to work. And so we finally ended up going our own way and uh, starting 
writing our own music, and uh, that's kind of where where it started. Once we once we started writing our own music, we realized uh, that we had something special, and as we started writing music, it became more and more uh, melodic and and progressive and and intricate, and you know all the kind of things that I like. And then uh, being the drummer. Uh, I've always said, you know, my primary job is to explore the different meters uh, because there's so many bands out there that only play in 4-4. Four, four. And, uh, you know, I've been a drummer most of my life, so I grew out of 4-4 four, four about the time I was, I don't know, 18. <laughs> so uh, so I, I really focus on uh, not trying to be stuck in one particular meter. And I think uh, that drives the band to uh, move in a, a little bit more complicated direction as far as melodies and, and, and you know, the compositional side of things, which is kind of like the monkey bat sound. It's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty easy to tell that we don't rest on any one particular uh, meter or genre, uh, which is a byproduct of, of changing meters a lot. So when people ask us, you know, what kind of music we play, we really have a hard time answering that. So if anybody has an idea, make sure and let us know. I mean, it's hard to brand this type of music because it it uh, routinely explores, the, you know, the, the spaces between the genres, which is uh, why I'm always asking people, what kind of music do we play? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first song that we're going to play off your album is called Springtime Love. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Introduce it. Uh, yeah, Spring, well, Springtime Love was a song that I, we all write. Uh, we all come together to write the songs. Um, started off with a bass groove that I uh, had written. That's right, Brian. Four years started ago. this song. <laughs> we all have parts and songs that you know we we like to take credit for. You know, being the one that started it or, and, and launched this whole thing that we do. And this was totally a, a Brian song to begin with until we grabbed it and. It out, but. Yeah, it's one of the things I like about these guys. They they have a tendency to 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 really mold things in the direction that I love. So um, yeah, so the first song. I mean, this 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 song really kind of typifies, in my view, this new jazz feel that we try to um, you know, it's an acoustic fusion kind of feel that we try to go for. So and uh, I think I think it'll be evident from from the song that that it's uh, uh, that that it's kind of going in that direction. Okay, well let's let's take a listen to it and this is Springtime Love by Monkey Bat and we'll be you right back.
Love by Monkey Bat. I have Brian and Vern with me. We were just talking about the off off the air while you guys were listening to that about how great this album is for your summer playlist. You know, we're, we're all sitting around at night with our friends. We don't want to, you know, there's party music and then there's just like chilling at the end of the night, um, having a good kind of a good vibe groove going on with your music. And, and, and this is definitely something to add to your playlist. So you can definitely check that out at Monkey Bat. Um, and Springtime Love was the name of that song. Can, can We can get this on iTunes, right, guys? Yes, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, anywhere. Okay, great, great. Who, who did the cover art? Because the cover art's fantastic. Uh, there's a guy in Ballard uh, calls himself Henry. He was the guy who actually, uh, for you Seattle people, there was a contest to see who gets to paint the, the lid of the Space Needle. And he was one of the people um, that was in the running to do that. He unfortunately came in second, but we're really quite proud of him for that. And, uh, and yeah, so we, we kind of like, just like the music is, we like to include the audience. We're kind of like that across the board. We really wanted to have a local artist be a part of this music, which is very Seattle-y kind of music in a, in a new way. So what's his name? Mm-hmm. Henry Ward? Yeah, Ryan Henry Ward. Ryan. Yeah, he's a paints a lot of murals around town. Yeah, it is really cool. He he, he did a fantastic job. So yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, we kind of gave him the free reign to do uh, you know whatever we wanted. Although we gave him a little little guidance because we definitely wanted to incorporate <laughs> you know the band as Monkey Bats. So <laughs> that was uh, right. He did a wonderful job. And. Yeah, he, definitely he did. Um, so th- th- this is your first album, and you're already working on your second album, which will probably come out maybe this time next year. But you're already writing for that? Is, is that what you told me? Yeah, we have about five songs completed and about three more in the hopper that we're working on right now. So it, the benefit of having a lot of time uh, to do these songs is that we can uh, – we don't you know we don't have to just include – the first eight that we write, you know, we can, we can really see, we can make this more of an organic album by, uh, by just having a lot of material and make sure it, make sure it all fits. You know, the first album, you know, we're, we're kind of sussing each other out and feeling, you know, uh, learning from each other and growing together. And the second album, you know, the, uh, is going to be a more, uh, cohesive, um, effort because, you know, by, by the time the second album is released, we'll have been together about four years. That's a really good point too, because if you listen to the first album, um, well, yeah, if you listen to the first album, what you'll hear if you listen closely and, and kind of you know absorb what we're, what's going on is, like I said earlier, we were coming out of a singer-songwriter uh, uh, band, and so the songs that we were writing were a little bit safer, a little bit more inside the box, and at the same time we were getting used to playing with each other and learning how each other plays and moves around their instruments. Uh, so when we finished the first album and started to move to the second one, it, all that stuff uh, we put behind us, we, we knew each other well enough uh, where we could write stuff that uh, really represents who we are as musicians. So I think... The second album is going to be uh, a lot different, but it's going to be really cool. Have Have you guys performed over at Bake's place in in Bellevue? Going back to to, to Bellevue at all? No, we uh, 
we're kind of just poking our head out of Seattle right now. So um, we are actively exploring uh, options in Bellevue. Uh, but that is one well, you ought to call Craig yet. over there. You, you ought to call Craig because um, you ought to call Craig over at Bakes Place because he's actually looking for acts to book over there, and he has an outdoor patio. And Bakes, it's a little off the beaten path there in Bellevue, but once you find it, it's a really cool venue. Um, but but he has a lot of things going through the day uh, with his outdoor patio, um, and he's trying to book bands. And you guys would be a really great fit for that venue. That sounds great because we're an off the beaten path kind of band. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like like I said in over in Bellevue, there's this really great thing going on with music, and a lot of people aren't wanting to go into the city and fight the traffic and the parking and that type of thing, and so uh, a lot of people are looking for options outside the city proper. And I think Bellevue, Renton, that there's a, there's a several things that are starting to open up for people not wanting to make the drive into the city all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we uh we you know we, we we've been playing, you know, we played the Royal Room recently for um for uh Sea Prague and that was a really good experience. Um uh, you know, it's in Columbia City, just down the street from the Columbia City Theater, and uh, so that's but that's kind of like the farthest we've stepped out. I mean, the Sixth Street Fair aside, but um, but yeah, we definitely want to we definitely want to expand out. Um, the the cool thing about this band is that well, we do step out a little bit and uh, and make uh, make music that's a little more outside of the box. It's still widely. It's still been widely received very well, so uh, that you know that makes me happy because it's uh, you know obviously it's always good to uh, to attract the ears and attract attention. And I think one of the reasons Absolutely. why it, it's been uh, so well accessible uh, is because, like I said earlier, we try to we, we try to make things so that people can relate to them, even though it's a little bit more complicated. We we step out of the box, but we try really hard to think about the listener and include the listener in it. And another thing is, to, is I think that, you know, watching music evolve over the years, uh, music kind of took a dip, and I think the quality kind of went downhill for a while, and everybody jumped on. But I think people are getting tired of all the just the low-quality music that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are throwing bands together, and you know, and and they're and they're not putting in the time. Now this band practices a lot, and if you listen to us or see us live, you'll notice that we're very well rehearsed. The compositions are very well thought out. The transitions, I mean, there's time, effort, and energy put into this music, and when we play it, it's obvious that we put in the effort. We just don't try to play a gig because, hey, let's play some gigs. No, we're more about let's write some really good music and give it to the people because I think it's time for people to evolve, people. <laughs> right, <laughs> out there right. To some real music. <laughs> well, I'm going to play um, uh, straight into next, but I completely agree. I really feel like that radio has dropped the ball and have just been spoon-feeding us the same crap for years now. And exactly. It's, it's, it's just kind of been my position to seek out and find good music and then bring it to the people. And um, uh, and you know it, what, uh, Straight and Two is a great example of a song like that where we tried to start out with something that was more, uh, that people were uh, maybe a little bit more used to. So it starts out in kind of a jazzy flavor, uh, but then as soon as we get you all comfortable and set up, 
then we start to bring you along with us a little bit farther outside of the box. Well, I really feel like Seattle's leading the way in on the music scene for the whole world. I really feel like the whole world is looking to Seattle right now to help get out of this music slump. The music's there. We just got to let people know where it's at. So this is Straighten 2. I'm going to let everybody listen to that by Monkey Bat. We're going to be right back in just a couple minutes.
All right, that was Seattle band Monkey Bat, and I am here with two of the members of Monkey Bat, Brian and Vern, and they're going to let us know how you can keep up with them, find out where their shows are going to be, and how you can support working musicians. Well, we have an online presence. One way is, you know, you can always Google Monkey Bat, but just remember that if you go to monkeybat.com, that is not our website. There is some guy who owns a little dog, and that website is all about his little dog. So, but if you go to monkeybat.net, <laughs> if you, Brian just pulled it up, it's funny. Uh, but if you go to monkeybat.net, that's uh, our website. And uh, for those of you that are listening, I apologize. I made that website myself, and it's not very pretty yet. But we are in the process of updating our website, and it's going to be really cool. So probably a couple weeks, a month at the, at the most. Uh, and then we'll have everything that you need on that. But in the meantime, if you go there, I always try and keep up our our schedule, and there's some videos, and uh, there's portals to our Reverb Nation spot, and there's also a link to where you can buy the album on iTunes and Amazon on there as well. So there's that. And then, uh, and I think there's a link to our Facebook page, too, on there. So, But, you know, you can go to Facebook. I think it's forward slash monkey bat as well to get to that. All right, and then you guys have a couple dates in August locally. Yes, uh, we have August uh, 18th at the Nectar in Fremont, and then um, in Fremont on the 28th at the White Rabbit. And we will be um, looking into other shows in the meanwhile, so definitely uh, hit us up on Facebook, and uh, you will uh, be aware of those shows as we are. Another thing, too, when we take gigs, a lot of times we like to play earlier because I think that the people that actually go out to listen to music go out earlier, and unfortunately they go home earlier, but then, you know, what happens after the second band, uh, people just want to go out and drink, and a lot of them just don't even really listen to music, and we kind of require your attention. I tell everybody our music is uh, music for people with uh Obsessive compulsive uh, attention <laughs> deficit disorder. <laughs> <laughs> we know old people like me now. I mean, we just can't stay up all night partying like we used to. I mean, like you know, eleven o'clock. I, we, we start. It, it starts affecting us like painfully physically. But we do have money, and that's the bonus. It used to be I could stay out all night, but I was broke for two weeks, so I'd spend my whole paycheck, like, um, just partying, like, the night after payday, and then I ate Pop-Tarts for two weeks. But now I actually have money that lasts me, but the downside is I have to go to bed at 11. So, you know, you never get it all. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm exactly the same way. I I like to – I turn into a pumpkin after the second set, usually. All right, so monkeybat.net. Make make sure you go to monkeybat.net. You don't want to get caught up in the little guy's dog's life at the other site. So monkeybat.net. Well, you can check out the doggy site. It's pretty funny, well, but it's true. totally not us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to play out with Muffy, and I thank you guys for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. I hope everybody adds monkeybat to their playlist. Um, especially this summer, it's just fantastic music to add. It's on my playlist already, so um, just just keep up with me. Let me know where you guys are playing, and we will post it on our Facebook as well. 
Yeah, and buy our album on iTunes or Amazon, and that will help us keep the beer fridge full and and the lights on. (laughs) (laughs) You got to support working musicians. We definitely always, always promote uh, supporting uh, working musicians. Some of the best music ever made was uh, came out of the results of a beer fridge. So I definitely support the beer fridge movement. <laughs> yeah, you notice I mentioned beer fridge first. <laughs> we'll play in the dark, but not if the beer fridge is empty. That's right. We have to have our priorities. All right, guys, thank you for coming on. Have a great, great rest of the day. We're going to play Muffy now and, uh, and just uh, – have a, a great day and, and keep the great music coming. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We will be back in just a moment. We are going to keep up with our our listeners on the scavenger hunt at Pike Place Market. We have uh, somebody who's actually in line to audition for The Voice. We're going to check in with them and see how that's going. We have music and an interview coming up with another Seattle band called The West. We're going to check in with them. And next I have Michelle. She's a blogger. Uh, We did a huge Fifty Shades of Grey show a couple weeks ago. It was a big success. Lots of listens from all over the world. E.L. James herself called in on that. Um, So once she called in, the rest of the show was a little bit of a blur for me. So Michelle's going to – I'm going to bring her on just a moment, and we're going to – um, talk about what I actually missed on that show once I blacked out after the E.L. James phone call. So anyway, I will uh, be back in just a moment. We're going to talk to Michelle, and you can listen to Muffy from Monkey Bat, and I'll be back in just a minute.
that was Seattle band Monkey Bat, and that was their song, Muffy. And, again, I just want to thank Brian and Vern for coming on. And you can find more about them at monkeybat.net. So stay in touch with those guys. You can find out where they're going to be playing. And if you're coming to Seattle, uh, be sure to keep up with their website, and you can go listen to some great music. But switching gears now, we are going to talk about our big Fifty Shades show that was ended up being extremely popular. And Michelle, my friend Michelle, is on. Michelle has a very successful blog, and we're going to talk about that and, and kind of just what went down that day because, like I was saying earlier, it was a big blur after E.L. James called in. I, I kind of blacked out after that. So Michelle's going to kind of fill me in on, on what actually happened. Right, Michelle? Yeah, hi. Um, I, I think I blacked <laughs> out with you. <laughs> Let me just ask right ahead. You're not going to have E.L. James pop out again and um, scare no. the filling out of the egg roll over here again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I put her back in the closet, so okay, uh, good, I, I good, won't good. bring her out for a while. I will say, though, I, I, I definitely did a – I um, talked to Jennifer Troughton afterwards several times, and she sold more prints as a result of that show. So I do want to thank Team 50 for supporting Jennifer Troughton in that effort. And you can go to jennifertroughton.com and find out more about the prints. Again, there's only 750 of them made. E.L. James says number 50, um, rightly so. And there will only ever be 750 of them, and they – it, you know, every time someone buys it, we're getting closer to that 750 mark. So uh, Jennifer wanted me to thank everybody who has purchased on that and gotten in contact. And, again, there still are some left, so you can go to jennifertroughton.com. So I wanted to make sure that I got that in. So That's awesome. I haven't gotten life, mine yet. Well, you better get in on it. I how has your life sure. changed, Michelle? After, after that show, I'm, I'm sure that your your life just blew up after that. I am famous. I mean, I'm getting a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, I think. Um, no, it's, it's been great. I mean, it's just um, so many great comments on the blog and on Twitter and on Facebook from um, people that follow me and have been loyal to me from my little humble beginnings. Um, and I just want to thank you because um, it really helped to, you know, get my blog out there. And um, I've been really enjoying it, and I've been sort of branching out um, I'm starting to review and interview different authors, um, you know, aside from Fifty Shades, and um, you know, just make the blog a little more interesting and appeal to more people. So it's it's been wonderful. We've actually had a, a Twitter name change too. Has, has that impacted uh, you at all? Or <laughs> I think so, Lori. What do you think? Okay, so the casting is coming sometime. We're all like on edge, right? Um, and my thought was. Uh, I've got this this bell for 50 name, which, you know, that was why I originally joined Twitter, because I had some ridiculous idea, like, oh, I'm going to just follow EL and get Christian Bale cast as Christian Grey, because, you know, I have that power, and um, I, I know that he's not going to be Christian Grey, because he's too old, and whatever, I'll cry about it later, but... um, I thought, well, maybe I should change my name before they do casting, so that I'm not stuck with this name, and people are like, you know, he's it's been cast. Why do you have that name? So I do cupcakes from my house as a side business, and so that's why I changed it to Cupcake Queen underscore one. And I will say, I'm I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling a little less Team Fifty with this new name. <laughs> so I don't know. I I'm almost deciding to maybe go back for a little bit. I feel I feel like I betrayed my Team Fifty. What do you think? Well, well, we just kind of got to know you, and and um, Bale just didn't. 
I I really wasn't even putting it with uh, the the bail guy, and I, I disassociated it with you. So I wasn't even putting the two kind of together. Anyway, you just kind of got known to me as that. But it, it took me a little while, but. I'm back on to to the cupcakes. You're on the cupcakes now, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I do miss it, though, because a lot of people tweeted after, and they were kind of lost and were wondering where I went. And then I said, oh, well, you know, I explained my story, and um, they said they missed it. So I don't know. It's it's hard. I should should move on. Change is good, right? Change is good. Change is good. Well, you know, when you're a big star, sometimes you got to think about those things. You know, you just there's, there's always little hiccups that come along that, that you just don't know. Tell people how they can find your blog, Michelle. And I, I, I do want to point out that um, your blog is a little explicit, so, you know, you probably need to be 18 <laughs> oh, and older yes. to go to your blog. <laughs> yeah, um, 17 and older, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's um, colormegracest.wordpress.com. Um, and if you're on Twitter, you can just go on my bio page and just click on um, the URL right there, and it'll take you to the latest um, blog post. But, yeah, there's there's some kinky pictures and writing. So, children, not for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, did, did you start out as a fanfic girl, or did you come into it like I did not as a fanfic person? Um, I didn't read it when, when EL had posted um, different blurbs on, online, I just I just heard from it. It just started blowing up on the news. I just kept seeing little stories about it, and I thought, well, I'll check it out. But I was hooked right away. Um, but I will say that I, I did love that she was a Twilight fan fiction um, writer because I'm a total Twihard geek. I can see my followers losing me now, but um, I am. <laughs> um, I've been. I was in Seattle last year. Um, to visit the Escala, but I also went and went to Forks, Washington, and the Push, and did the whole geeky Twilight tour. Um, I did and also where all the movies were made and things like that. So I did love that part about El that she was a Twilight fan first, um, and then that evolved into this whole big Fifty Shades thing. I had never even seen Twilight at all. So what? I I know I've just now i <laughs> I did hear you mention Pop-Tarts, though. <laughs> Pop-Tarts is my shout-out, I heard. I'm a Pop-Tart fan. You know, I got through my whole, uh, like, 18 to 22-year period of my life uh, on Pop-Tarts and Top Ramen. So thank God for those two inventions, or I probably would have starved to death. But, no, I, I totally missed the whole fanfic thing. I, I didn't get involved in Twilight whatsoever, but um, – Lisa, who actually it happens to be Lisa's birthday today, so happy birthday to Lisa. Um, Lisa oh, gosh, I'm the worst friend days. ever. Lisa, I love you. <laughs> uh. Lisa co-hosted the, that Fifty Shades show with me. She was uh, a Twilight person, and she was completely at, at the very beginning from the, the fanfic thing, as, as, as most or a lot of people on uh, on on Twitter are, and, and it kind of then evolved into the Fifty Shades thing. But, um, you know, I came along later only because um, I started hearing more about it. Um, in Seattle, people were running by um, with, like, I belong to Christian Grey. We're all like, who the heck is Christian Grey? And they're like, where's the scala? They'd be, like, running past us. They're like, where's the scala? And we're like, uh, it's on fourth, and I don't know if Christian Grey lives there or whatever. So then we're like, well, I'll go ahead and read the book as, you know, as a work thing. 
And I swear that, you know, the pages had to be laced with crack or something because I, you know, I mean, my addiction is completely, I mean, it's, it's taken on epic proportions and, uh, in uh, in 50 land. I mean, it's just, I read and read and read and read and read. No, inside out, I can answer any trivia. I mean, I've had to go through the Fifty Shades Detox program. So, um, yeah, I that's just me. fell that's in love me. with it's that It's like book. when I love something, I really love it. I mean, hello, I, I do a blog now. I mean, for a year. The blog is a year old now, and um, who knew, you know? But, it's, yeah, when right. I love something, I love it hard. <laughs> I well, go all, you, all the way. Um, you have a lot of followers to that blog. It's really grown, and it's continued to grow. It has. I mean, there's, um, what is there, 3,000-plus, I think, followers. And um, I don't check my stats a whole lot because it's not important truly to me, but I updated my app on my iPhone not too long ago, and um, I think there was over, well, at this point, maybe 150,000 people have read my blog in a year. Wow, like it's been it's, been, it's really at least good. been visited. I don't know how much they read, uh-huh. but you know that was a stat that I was just um, floored. Like I, I I did the ugly cry, ugly cry for maybe five minutes about it because it was like, you know, I just started out like it was my own thoughts. Who knew who would read this? And it just you know, and thankfully for people like you, um, Fifty Shade Movie Site, Fifty Shade Film, and they retweet all my stuff, um, and that does reach a huge amount of people. And I I do have a um, Facebook page now, so it's um, it's incredible. I mean, it's just it's kind of taken on a life of its own, and um, with these with these the blog now, I'm able to interview these other authors. I'm heading to LA um, in a few weeks to meet up with um, I don't know if you follow him, Erotic Robert on Twitter. Um, he's a, an erotic writer from Ireland, and I'm going out with my girlfriends um, Kim and Sam to meet him. I've, I've reviewed and read his books, um, and he's coming from Ireland, so I get to meet him, which is, a, you know, a huge deal. If my husband's listening, no, I do not keep up with erotic Roberts on Twitter. Oh, you have to. He's I hilarious. Only... He's funny. <laughs> he's, believe me, Mr. Mr. Nasser, <laughs> he's, he's good. He's all good. It's fun. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. The I've, only I've guy it. that I keep up with from Ireland on Twitter is Andy McCarroll, and um, actually, I I I love Andy. It's, he I is do just too. One of the, I do too. You know, he's just a great singer songwriter, and he's a he's a teacher. He's a sweetheart. I, I, he's so sweet. He is wonderful. He is, and so I I I love Andy. So I I do follow Andy there, but um, but uh, erotic Roberts. I'll have to check it out and just see, but, you know, um, it would only be for work purposes. It's research, honey. It's just (laughs) research. It's for the love of your job. You have to do these things. That's right. I have to go and meet him. I'm taking one for the team by going and meeting him. I mean, things have to, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes for work. So, um, yeah, I I do have to do a little shout-out before I forget, if you don't mind. I told um, there's this this producer, Dana Brunetti. I told him I'd give him another shout-out because, you know, he, I, I, I did make him pretty famous after the first interview. And I um, I messaged with him last night, and I said I'd give him another shout-out because I know he's he's lacking in um, the producing field right now. So i give him a shout-out <laughs> for Team 50. Well he's, well, well, he's not just any producer. He is one of the producers of the upcoming movie, Fifty Shades of Grey. So, yes. And you actually got to meet Dana. I did. I've met him a few times. Um it just was a fluke thing that he tweeted a picture last year um, of a highway in Maryland, 
and it was brought to my attention, and I asked him where he was, and he he told me he was filming House of Cards, probably about 20 minutes from my house, and it sort of turned into this joke in a way on my, on Twitter of everyone saying, oh, you have to have her cupcakes, because I said I'd, I'd make him some cupcakes kidding. I never thought he'd actually come and get them, <laughs> and it was, okay, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Um, but, it, yeah, it was great. He's honestly um, very down-to-earth, fun to talk to, um, you know, and I think we are lucky to have him as a producer. Um, I'm not sure if you know, I just, in my blog, I just did a, a, a write-up how he just got nominated for an Emmy for his work on House of Cards. Um, mm-hmm. So I have, was just telling everybody that, you know, it's, it's I think, wonderful that him and Michael DeLuca are producing with the rest of the great people for Team 50. Um, it just seems whatever he does turns to gold, and I think we're, we're just truly lucky that um, – He's heading this whole project with EL. Well, there's no doubt that he's extremely talented. Um, he's a very gifted and, and talented individual, and I completely agree. Team 50 is lucky to have him uh, and Michael DeLuca on board. And uh, so far I've just been very happy with the quality of talent that they have around this film, and I, I completely trust 100% what they're going to be doing. And I, I look forward to the, the release which is August 1st, uh, 2014. So it will be fun. It's a year. I, I, it's, it's amazing that it's finally coming to fruition. Um, I just wish we would know who Christian is going to be. Oh, I, I think you will pretty <laughs> soon. I, I don't think they're going to have very much longer to wait. Um, although, no, I, mean, I heard you know, Paul it, that it, they're going to start a, filming. In, in, so, in the fall. So, well, it, it's just... Uh, of all the characters, you know, obviously Christian is the one that is, is the most important and most pivotal to the franchise. There's going to be, you know, three films. So they, they do have to get Christian right, and I, I think that's the most important of all the cast to, to get right, and I think that they will get it right. So now I, I think so. I, I think I, we're all on edge, but I think in movie time they've been it working. It has flown in movie it's time. It's flown by. I think uh, we're just impatient, and now with social media we want everything yesterday. You know, everything just I've been out there from so the fast. very beginning. Yeah, well, I, I've been out there from the very beginning trying to tell people about how time moves in Hollywood, and 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 Hollywood time is different from real time, and the the, the way this this film has moved, I can tell you, has really been rapid lightning speed for things, how things move in Hollywood. So they've done a really great job. I don't think they've gotten the credit that they deserve for moving it along quickly and also giving it quality at the same time. Films can be done quickly, and then it, it will show, like, Sharknado, um, a bit, the quality of the film. But but with this, there's just been a lot of quality around the film, quality people, quality staff, and it has moved very, very, very quickly, and I've always really tried to let people know that, um, I mean, they had this movie coming out last year. I'm like, you guys are high on glue because that's just, it's, it's not going to happen. You wouldn't want that film that came out last year. I mean, it, it would be no. uh, it would be a, a total BCD movie. So now I, I do want to talk, though, about how your blog is evolving now, and you're going to be interviewing other writers. Not I, am, I am. I am. I am. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love to interview E.L. James if you're listening. Um, but, yeah, I've interviewed um, the writers from the Beautiful Bastard series, Christina Lauren. Um, I've interviewed them twice, and they are wonderful, wonderful 
people. I, I love them, um, and they have a movie coming out soon um, in the near future for Beautiful Bastards. So I've, I've done work with them. Um, I've interviewed Katie Evans, who is the um, author of the book Real, um, Robert India, Erotic Robert, who I mentioned. Um, and then in the near future, I've got um, oh, maybe three or four interviews lined up for people that are um, releasing new books. I have Emma Chase, L.A. Augustine, um, your friend, Cindy Teft, um, mm-hmm. Monica Murphy. I have um, all of them lined up in the future to you know, review their books, do interviews, do giveaways. And I'm, I'm blessed because I did not intend this to happen at all. So with the power of social media, um, I'm sort of trying to get my name out there, and who knows where it will lead, but um, I'm still working on that, that token Asian role, Lori. I'm still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am still working on where I want to I, – I think that they should cast Team 50 as the extras in the coffee shop, if there is even a coffee shop you know, uh, casting thing, but that's, they, that's they a pivotal scene right there. That coffee shop pivotal, I think. And it's the I first time so they go too. out together in public, you know, and, and she's mm-hmm. whipping out about like she's sitting here with this guy. And I think team 50, all of us need to be in that coffee shop tweeting and just, yeah, I think so. I think that's, that would mm-hmm. be perfect actually. I think so too. And we could all have a party afterwards because one thing I know about team 50, I mean, it's just, for the most part, a great group of, of women, and I say for the most part because there are some men, and I don't want to leave them out, but, but for the most part, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic group of just free-spirited, fun-loving women who just, you know, are just like to have a, a, a good time, and, and from my experience, have just been a really great group of people. I will add in, again, Andy McCarroll because we have adopted him into our Team 50, and yes. he is reading the books. And, he uh, is? And he is. I, he's, I think he's still on book one, Andy, if you're listening, which I know that you are because you just tweeted me. You better be on book two because I'm, I'm I'm keeping up with you. And I did get a letter from the Cassidy family, Eva Cassidy's family, which they are so good about writing me almost every day, and if not every day, every other day. But they had not read the books either, and now both of Eva's sisters – um, Margaret and Annette wrote me right after this last show to tell me they had read the books, they loved the books, they were hooked on the books, and they finally knew what all of the hoopla was about, and they sent a little thank you to E.L. James, which I forwarded on to Erica so that she could read that first from the Cassidy family, and they are uh, great assessed like the rest of us now. So we welcome Eva Cassidy sisters to Team 50. Oh, my God. That's amazing, Lori. I mean, really, that is that is, is very heartwarming to hear. You know, well, I mean, and I'm hoping they, that her song gets into the um, into the movie. Um, it's just, it's a great story. Well, they are just absolutely the most wonderful family, and you can go to evacasty.com and you can buy directly from the family. They sell her artwork, her books parents wrote all of her CDs. They'll sign them for you. They'll talk to you forever. They are just the nice. They are almost so nice that you don't even believe that people like that could even exist. But that's just their character and their nature and their spirit. They're just wonderful, wonderful down-to-earth people. And, and it was certainly portrayed through um, Eva's music. So um, it was just a very talented family. They all sing together. And so I was really happy to hear that they had read the books and they finally got what all of this craziness was about. That was yeah, I think until you read the book um, or the books that um – you don't completely get it because when I try to explain to people that haven't read them, I'm like, you just need to read the books and you can come back to me. And then, 
ask what this blog is about and, and what the hype is about. And um, and I just want to say, too, what, what um, you mentioned with Team 50, um, I do feel very blessed to be part of it because I think um, – you know, I've, I've said it in the last interview that there are some haters out there and people that want to see this movie fail. Um, and and so I, I do appreciate, as much as I want everything to move along quicker, the um, the process that EL is taking to make sure everything is done in a precise and in a way that the movie will, will represent the books the way they need to be. Um, and I just think all of us are helping that along. We're keeping it positive, um, having fun with it, and... Um, you know, becoming good friends in the process. Definitely, definitely. I have met some some wonderful, wonderful people. And, uh, you know, I was talking with um, uh, Ruth Clampett about this when she was on the show last week, about how, you know, you need to be careful with the people that you meet on social media. I mean, you just can't go haphazardly meeting people in strange places. But if if you meet people, um, you know, in, in an open environment and you're careful, most of the time, for me, 99.9% of the time, it's it's really been a fantastic experience and has just led to long-lasting friendships that I've had, um, you know, for over a year now. And uh, Lisa is one of them. And uh, Cindy Tuff, I met her, you know, through on this journey, and you and, you know, all the girls at um, uh, Fifty Shades Film and Fifty Shades Movie fan site, Lisa and Kit, and all those people. It's just been a fantastic, wonderful experience. And of course, it, it uh, led to me having Niall on the show, Niall Leonard, which everybody knows I'm a huge, huge Crusher fan. I just love that book. Uh, Jennifer Troughton, the Cassidy family. I've been more than blessed um, at at my Fifty Shades experience. It's been bigger and better than I could even ever have even thought uh, in my wildest dreams. And then topping off by E.L. James herself calling into the show. So, I mean, oh, girl, where do you, you go know how I felt about you know? that moment. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh. Like, I was so happy it's, with you. I, I, I was just, I could not contain myself. I mean, that was just amazing. That was amazing. Just uh, just so thankful that she called in. Well, yeah, she's such a busy woman. And just it just shows, mm-hmm. though, how, um, how I think she truly appreciates people like us who are keeping it positive, keeping the um, interest going, um, and for her to call in, I, well, everyone heard me fly all over the place about it. So, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Well, it, it, <laughs> it, it was even bigger than that because, you know, her and I had had some private discussion um, off air about her possibly calling onto the show, but nothing was set up. I, uh, so many people were asking, did you know she was going to call? Did you know she was going to call? No, I, I didn't. We had had some discussion about her possibly calling, but nothing was confirmed. She didn't have a number. She didn't have a time. So she's calling from the UK. Anyone knows when you're calling internationally, it's not the easiest thing in the world to navigate. So she had to find the number. For well, I didn't even provide her the number. I didn't even give her the number. She had to find the number, look up the number, call internationally, um, know what time the show was going to be on, you know, kind of do the math in her head, add the eight hours, subtract the eight hours, whatever, and then call in. So it just it wasn't an easy thing for her to do, and she did that, and it was a, a big treat for the whole listening audience for her to be able to do that. And and, and I wanted everyone to know that, that that she went out of her way to make that happen for everybody. Not, Absolutely, not because she didn't have to do that. I mean, she, she did yeah, not. She, she doesn't have to do that. She is who she is. She's a huge success. So, yeah, these, these small things, I think, are um, shows us how wonderful she is. And I know that you had 
some conversations with her. So I personally was not sure if you knew or not. And, I mean, obviously I didn't know because, like, you know, I was flipping out with my technology fail over here. And later's baby tweeted saying it was Erica. And I'm like, Erica who? Like, that's how <laughs> that's how lost I was. I'm like, who's Erica? And I'm going to my friend Kim, who's the lady with the British accent talking? Because I wasn't totally paying attention because my iPad wasn't working. So I'm, like, sweating over here. And they're like, Erica. And then Dana Bernetti. Erica. I said, Erica's on. I go, wait a minute. Erica, Erica? <laughs> So yeah, that was oh, that was a great moment. That was that was that was wonderful. It, it it is a moment that will live in Fifty Shades infamy. Well, yeah, for I you to go on for three more hours fair, but, after but, that, <laughs> you, you kept your composure for three hours. I don't know how you did it. I was probably drunk. But, but um, <laughs> on that note, though, but what we're going to do is because I'm doing the Nooners with Nest shows for Seattle Wave Radio now on Saturdays live shows at noon. Um, I'm going to try to incorporate one of those hours being for Fifty Shades News. I'm going to try to bring on um, a Fifty Shades co-host, uh, someone like yourself, you and I have talked about that, and uh, representatives from the other fan sites so they can uh, let us know what I do not like gossip, I do not like rumors. So I only, from the very beginning, only stick with the facts, and I don't retweet anything that, that is not factual. So it, it will be based on what people know has happened that week. You can catch up with the Fifty Shades news. Um, I'll probably try to get the Cassidy family to come on. I'll have Jennifer on and we'll, and then um, anyone that you guys have that, that you think that we should know about uh, who has information to add, legitimate information to add about the movie. As we get closer, a lot of things are going to be happening. And so we're going to dedicate some time to that uh, each week, starting next week uh, for Fifty Shades fans to kind of check in and find out what the actual latest information, and, and it could be there is no information, and then that's the case, we'll probably do some shots and um, play some music, you know, and, uh, and do a little bit of talking. I'm game for that. But, but, all right, and but uh, you're definitely going to help me out with that, and uh, some of the other girls are going to help me out with that, and so I look forward to planning that. It's going to be fun. All right, Michelle, i got to go. I've got to switch gears again, but I certainly appreciate that you came on and were able to highlight some of the things that happened that I had blacked out on a couple of weeks ago. We're definitely going to keep up with you and your blog and, and your Twitter names, and if you decide to change again, let us know on that Twitter name. But, but, but for now, it's the same. It's the same. All right, thank you, Lori. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, no problem, and uh, I will talk to you soon, and we'll, we'll find out what, uh, what week you're going to be on to co-host next month. Sounds wonderful. Thank you. All right. Have a great okay. day, Michelle. You too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to play – I'm going to play one of Andy McCarroll's songs. Since I've kind of talked about him a lot on the radio, I'm just going to go ahead and play one of Andy's songs while I get the West Band on, a Seattle band here. And just so everyone knows, uh, I'm going to be live at the Pike Place Market on Thursday, 7.30, we're going to wake up the market. We're going to be down there with a lot of the crafters and the vendors and the musicians, and we're going to wake up the market, the big show, live show down there. Monday, Pamela Moore is going to be on. You may know Pamela from uh, she was Sister Mary in the epic Queen's Right uh, uh, album, um, Mind Crime. And so Pamela has a new album out, Resurrect Me. She's, again, a Seattle 
artist, a local Seattle artist with a, a woman who can absolutely rock. She's going to be on Monday. And then that live show at Pike Market is just going to be huge. As everyone knows, it's uh, one of my most favorite places. In fact, we're going to call down there after the West Band comes on, and we're going to talk to one of the artists down there. We're going to find out what's going on at the market today. It's a great day. There's a lot of things going on. And we're going to check in at the market, and we'll check in with our scavenger hunt people. We're also going to check in with Abby, who's in line at The Voice, tryouts and we're going to find out what's going on with the voice and if she got through or if she's still in line or what's going on in that so this is andy mccarroll what am i going to play for you andy let's play uh let's play it's not easy this is andy mccarroll from belfast northern ireland shout out to andy let me write back with the band the west Sure. 
music. So part of my job is to, when I come across that music, is to bring it to your attention. I've real, tried really hard to, to do that. And all kinds of genres. So we've had jazz on um, in the beginning. We have uh, hard rock on Monday, kind of metal music. We've had country. You know, we've, had, we've had it all. And another great band making a name for themselves in Seattle right now is a band called The West. And I have Adrian and Bob with me. We're going to listen to some of their music, and I want you to get to know them a little bit and, and support, again, working musicians who are putting out great, great music. So thanks, Adrian. Thanks, Bob, for coming on. Hi, Lori. Thanks so much for having us. Hello. Oh, it's my pleasure. So tell us a little about your band. How did you get started, and how long have you guys been together? Kind of give us a whole history. Well, uh, I guess we've been around for two and a half years, maybe a little bit longer, um, as, a, as a full band. Uh, it really starts with Bob, though. Bob can tell you more. He came from another band before the West. Uh, yeah, I was in a band called The Blakes, a little band for a long time, and um, I uh, I started uh, just kind of making music with Anthony, who's the lead singer of The West, about uh, yeah two and a half years ago. Um, he would, he lost his job, and he started coming over to my house during the day to work on some songs he'd written, and yeah, I was uh, The Blakes were on hiatus, so uh, I had time on my hands, so we just recorded a bunch of demos. And um, eventually decided we needed to form a band around that, uh, or based on those demos, demos, we decided we wanted to form a band to interpret them. So um, I contacted a friend of mine named Reed Griffin, who plays guitar in the West. He was a producer who worked on Blake stuff, so I'd known him for a number of years. And he immediately said yes to that. And he's also our in-house producer, so it's all convenient. Um, and, uh, we've been through a number of bass players. Our current bass player, John, has been in the band for about a year. Um, and I think we got him through a stranger ad or something like that. We put out an ad and he worked out really well. Yeah. Well, uh, we've, we've snagged him forever though, because he's now part of the official business, like in yeah, the state. So <laughs> he can't leave now. <laughs> can't leave, yeah. And then, uh, I don't know how Adrian joined. 
tell you that. Well, actually, you do because uh, you you did it. Uh, I was not going to be part of the band. I'm actually married to Anthony, who's the lead singer. At the time, I wasn't, but we were to we were dating, and Anthony was really excited about working with Bob, and it was a very different artistic process that he was used to, and he's very excited about it, and I was very proud of him. Like, yeah, go do something. I'll do your thing. That's your thing, and and I'll have my own thing to do. Um, and then I'm not exactly sure how my name came up because I wasn't part of the band at some point, but I kind of, they were asking if I would join, and I said, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, and then one evening they were at my home, and Bob just came up to me and thrust out his hand and said, I'm very happy you're joining the band. So I didn't feel like I had much of a choice at that point. So that's how I joined. I, mean, I was really happy to. It's the best decision I've made. Absolutely, absolutely. So you were kind of drafted, but it ended up working out perfectly. It really did, yeah. I, um, it was very flattering, too, so it did work out. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. How is it being married to someone in the band? How, how does that feel? What does that look like when you're together, like, all the time? Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, it would be interesting. You know, unfortunately, we both have to work incredibly extensive hours at a day job. So, fortunately, we, you know, we do have a bit of time away. So, it's always nice to see each other um, after the workday is done. Anthony and I actually met in college where we were going to school for theater, actually. Um, and then after school, we founded a theater company together with some others. So, we definitely, our whole relationship has been based around, for the most part, uh, being able to separate um, our personal relationship from our working relationship. So we've we've had a lot of practice with it. Um, and I'm sure it's not as, you know, oh, as perfect as I say it is, but we're pretty good at, at keeping things separate. And it's awesome to get to create with someone you love, um, mm-hmm. especially when they're creating. Right, absolutely. Well, especially um, because you guys knew each other before, and so you always were kind of, your relationship was based on creativity from the beginning, really, in, in different aspects. Absolutely, and I think that that's why we stuck together is we have very similar aesthetics. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely how we've always worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're going to play um, You're in Control, and do you guys want to tell the audience a little bit about this song, and we'll give them a little taste of your music, and then we'll come back and, and, and talk some more. Sounds good. Hit it, Bob. Tell them about You're in Control. Um, geez, I don't know a whole lot about it. I know uh, Anthony originally wrote the song – on his own, right? And then, but we yeah. fleshed it out in, in rehearsal. Uh, no, was there a demo? There was a demo first, right? I think there was a demo of it. The really cool keyboard line Bob came up with for this one. We yeah. kind of mix everything up. We don't all just stick with our instrument that we play. Yeah, um, we all try to contribute to uh, parts as we see, you know, if we hear something that we think needs to be there. Yeah. You know? If I remember correctly, this one came together pretty swiftly. It wasn't like yeah. a laborious process. It was Within a couple of weeks, it was completely finished. Yeah, and it, it's mm-hmm. actually a song we use, usually open our shows with. So. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. All right, well, this is You're in Control. The band's name is The West, and we'll be back in just a moment.
you're in control by the band The West. I have Adrian and Bob with me from the band The West. They are heading out on tour in August. They're going to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we, uh, we're going on our first actual tour. We've driven places, but never consistently for 10 days. Yeah, we played around Western Washington, but not yeah, not outside of that at all. Yeah. This is going to be like the entire Western U.S., more or less, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very exciting, starting on August 24th. On August 24th. How can people find out more about your tour schedule? Where, where should they go? Well, they can go to various places. We do have a website, which has got anything you're going to find anywhere else you can find there. That's called bandthewest.com, as that the West is kind of easy to be confused. We are the band of the West, bandthewest.com. You can also check out our Facebook, Twitter, uh, Sonic Biz. We're everywhere. So anywhere that you can find anybody else, we're there too. I definitely would suggest our website, so bandthewest.com. How did you come up with the name The West? Yeah, that also is kind of a strange story. We just couldn't name this band. We almost had it named. Every time we almost had it named, one person would put their foot down and say no. Um, would you say that's fair, Bob? Yeah, we have a hard time naming things sometimes. But, yeah, yeah. The, the the band was the toughest one. I, I don't know. I think the West was just something we none of us hated. <laughs> yeah. I, one of the main reasons we chose it. I thought of it primarily um, because – that's where we are in relation to the rest of the country. And, it, you know, it, it might sound a little too folky. We even we still lament about that because we are not a very folky band. Yeah, some, we used to get booked with, like, country bands and, and a lot of folk bands and stuff, and we think it has a lot to do with our name. That's also, it's tough. Our name being a cardinal direction is tough because it's difficult to Google. <laughs> but uh, we, we learned that the hard way, but uh, we stuck with it. And I, I still like it because, although it doesn't say anything too specific, I like the, the concept, you know, if you think about the West, there's Western expansion, the promise of something new, different, uh, fresh start, all of that is, is still really, uh, I really like that. So even though we've had some mm-hmm. issues based on it, it, it's still a good name. Well, it's a good thing you didn't name yourself Northwest <laughs> because then you would have had yeah. the right. and baby name. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, what I found with bands is, is I I don't know if any of you have children, but um, band names, kind of, the band goes through the same thing with band names that parents go through with baby names. You know, there's like somebody throws out a name and they're like, ah, that reminds me of somebody, no. And they throw out another name, no, I don't like that one. And it's really actually really hard to come up with a name. It right. is, and a lot of times, even even if you do a good job, when the person's grown, I found I was just talking about this with some people yesterday. Even so, once you're grown, sometimes your name doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> I know I know mm-hmm. a couple different people named Caitlin. It's just they're not Caitlins, but it was so popular at the time. You know, it's very funny. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's kind of our journey with our names. <laughs> well, I like it because I'm from the West. And so it just makes sure it's for me. <laughs> I love the West. Yeah, so uh, I, I didn't grow up in yeah. the East Coast, so the you know, West just makes perfect sense for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, and I moved out here, and I love it. So, you know, it all kind of works, and it, it means something different for everyone, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, we're going to play – I think I'm going to play because I just love the title of this name. It's Disco and It's Over. So how did you come up with that name, and, and who wrote this song? I love the title. Um, well, I guess I wrote the 
song originally and made a demo of it with Anthony. But I did, but actually Anthony took the song that I had written. I just I made I basically made up like all the musical parts that are in the song now, except for the keyboards. Um, but I had my own kind of uh, vocal melody lines and lyrics, and he took what I had done and changed the melodies and wrote his own set of lyrics. So I'm not really sure what yeah. it, he means exactly, but. I, I, lyrics, yeah, I don't know either I, at all, actually. Well, what's weird is that it's kind of, it's, some people interpret it as being like a negative, something negative about disco, when in fact we all really like disco. Yeah. And it's kind of a disco-y song in a way, or at least it's kind of a dance beat. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's a little I, weird. It's strange. I, I think people hear the phrase, it's over, and they think like, man, that's over. But I think it's more of a lamentation for something that's gone, perhaps. Um, a very positive sounding one, though. Yeah, he will have to tell us, but I think more than anything at the time, an influence that An- or a desire that Anthony had was not to write love songs that were, you know, didn't mean anything, you know, just to write mm-hmm. them because it's easy to write about love or the lack of love. So um, I would assume that his focus was just to write something that he was interested in, not just love songs for the sake of love songs, which happens a lot, because uh, it's easy, right? Everybody knows about love. Well, well you guys were way too, too, too young for disco, though. You, you guys were had to, you, you weren't even born yet when disco was around. No. That's true. <laughs> I, uh, well, I personally uh, collect vinyl a lot, and I, I come across disco records all the time, so I actually do, I, I do listen to it a lot, but yeah, it wasn't around for the for the original popularity of it. Right, but even so, I mean, I like old musicals from the 50s, and I wasn't alive for that either. I think you can still have a great mm-hmm. appreciation. Well, definitely. I actually was around during disco, and I still have my albums, not because I collect vinyl, but that's what was actually available during that time when I was right. alive. So it's, it, it's actually evolved back into being cool, but at that time right. it was just what, what you could buy. I will say I was very young during disco. I was very, very young, but I, I do remember it, and it, it, it was a big deal. My mom was really into the Bee Gees at that time, and um, then I yeah. kind of went into the, um, the their brother, Andy Andy Gibb, you know, there for a while. But right, uh, right. At, at, at the time, it it seemed completely normal. It's, it's kind of become a guilty pleasure now, kind of like uh, Big Brother, which I – also watch reality TV quite a bit, and disco's kind of, but it really was popular at the time, and it was it was great music, and and it still is. Donna Summer could really rock it, so um, we're working on the way. Yeah, she, yeah, she's a she, she was fantastic. Um, it's disco, and it's over. We're gonna play that, and we're gonna be right back with Adrian and Bob from the band The West. Let's go. But not the 
It's Cisco, and it's over, and I'm joined by Adrian and Bob. And I know Anthony is in the background. He's not actually on the, on the mic with us right now, but Anthony, so hi, Anthony. And Adrian and Bob, they're going to tell us they have a, a music video coming out. We're going to, they're going to tell us about that. Yes, we have a music video, our first, first music video for the song you actually just heard. It was Cisco, and it's over. And it will be coming out online on Tuesday. What do you have to say about that, Bob? Are you excited? Yes. Uh, it was uh, directed by a friend of mine, uh, actually, that I went to high school with, named Jordan Albertson, but he uh, has directed a couple of feature films and um, some other music videos, and it's actually got some pretty, you know, it looks really good. We're, we just saw the final cut of it a couple days ago, and uh, we're we're very happy with it. It's incredibly impressive. He um, He's a real pro. Yeah, it looks, it looks, yeah, it looks legit. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, it's going to be out, yeah, uh, all the various all channels, everywhere on to the internet uh, in general. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be on the internet. <laughs> on, on Tuesday, so they, they can link to that, of course, uh, at your website, fantheweb.com, right, and then it'll probably be on YouTube as well, and based on this song, it's Disco and It's Over. Yes. Absolutely. Band the West on YouTube as well. And I believe Vimeo, if anybody uses that anymore. Sure. I don't know. We can use that. <laughs> yeah, I think we do. And then you exactly. have an upcoming concert locally as well. Absolutely. Yeah, we just wanted to mention that uh, before our tour starts on the 24th of August, but before that we have a show on the 10th of August, uh, which is a Saturday, I believe, at Columbia City Theater. Which is really it's a really exciting. cool venue, yeah. Yeah, we've ha- we've never played there as a as the West. Yeah. I think Bob's played there. Uh no, well I filmed a music video there with my last band. Oh cool. Yeah, it yeah. was cool. But we're very excited to play there. It's, it's been a goal of ours, so we're glad to be going that way. Great, yeah. great. Well, I, I definitely need to get out and see you guys. I've heard wonderful things about you, and I, I definitely am going to go to your website and find out when you're going to be playing and um, when the time that I can get over and see you. And we will continue to uh, promote your great music on, on Seattle Wave Radio and on Northwest Prime. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time to come out and come on and, and uh, let the audience get to know you a little bit today. Thank you so much for having us, Lori. We are happy to. Well, I'm going to go out with slightest touch, and again, we want to let everybody know you can go to bandthewest.com to find out more information, and just best of luck on your tour starting next month. Thank you. We'll have fun. All right. Okay. This is the slightest touch, and it's the Band the West, and again, we thank Adrian and Bob for coming on, and this is their their song, and uh, I'll be back in just a moment.
No, not either way. They only call you if they've made it. And some people, they just make it right then. But I think what happens is sometimes they say, well, we're not really sure, or they can't really decide, or they may maybe have too many girls, or they don't know how many tickets they have left in New York City. So some people get in right away. I didn't see that yet today. And then they tell some people, we'll call you tonight and let you know. Oh, okay. All right. And then what yeah. would be the next process then after that? When would you go you know, back? I, I don't even know. I just know that there's a second round of audition, and I all I know is that they give you all that information when they give when they let you know if you've made it or not. So I don't really know okay. how that even next session works because this is like the first real time I've ever tried anything like this. Right. Well, what made you want to try it? I've had quite a few of the voice contestants on here. Oh, no way. Yeah, you know why? Um, I actually decided just because I – so I just moved to New York City, and I write music here, and I figured, uh, why not? It's down to, it's in downtown Manhattan, and there's no reason for me. There's nothing stopping me from just taking a couple hours to go try that out. You know what I mean? If there's people that can travel four or five hours and more to come audition, I can travel 30 minutes and go audition. You know what I mean? I just figured, why not? Mm-hmm. Well, all of the uh, voice contestants that I've had on, it's been a really great experience. They've all just had a real – I've had the X Factor and Idols kids and, and the yeah. voice guys and girls, and, you know, and all of them just have had a, just a remarkable experience, and it's just been a really great thing. None of them have, have regretted it. Not the ones I've had on have had any regrets. Right, yeah, it's, it's a really great experience. And for those who can really make it on the show, I bet you it's like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, absolutely. Mhm. So people should follow you on Twitter then, because are you going to tweet that out tonight if if you get a phone call or not? Yeah, I sure will. I definitely will. I think um uh you know actually it might depend. I think I definitely would tweet something out, but I don't know um if I would make such a big deal about it until I actually if if I were to make it on the show, then I think I might make it a bigger deal just because I don't want to like get anyone ho- get anyone's hopes that are up or even get my hopes up before I were to make it on. You know what I mean? Mhm. Mhm. Well, we like wish that, you yeah. just, well, you have a beautiful voice, and we're going to have played your song before. We're going to play it again, and we're going to keep up with you. I really, really hope that they call you because you're very super talented, and, oh, of course, we can follow you on the journey. So I'm, I'm really yeah. hoping that, 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 that you get the call. I hope so, too. That would be great. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we're going to play um, the song that we played a couple weeks ago on our Fifty Shades show. Do you want to set it up for everybody? Yeah, so basically um, I wrote this song, funny enough, about a kitchen manager, a guy I worked with. Nothing ever happened. I just had the biggest crush on him ever. And he's about 30 years old, and at the time I was 18. So obviously that's a little, ooh, not allowed. But um, so I had the biggest, biggest crush on him. And I started playing this song at my house, and my dad said, uh, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, what? He's like, that sounds like the Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm like, what? I've never even read this book. What are you talking about? And then as time went on, I played it for my best friend, Bridget, and she is the biggest Fifty Shades of Grey fan there ever was. I mean, she literally, she talks about it all the time. It's ridiculous. Um, and she said, I hate people, people like that. Like something like, you hate people like that, is what she said? Yeah, that's because I'm I'm one of those people. Uh, right, yeah. So she, she literally <laughs> told me, she's like, she's like, I would divorce my husband and marry Christian Grey as she came. I'm like, Bridget. This is a fictional character. She's like, no, he's not. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you're crazy. But it's so cute to watch it. It's so wrapped up in it. Because I, now that I started, because I finally started reading them, everyone's like, Abby, you've written this song. I'm like, you know what? I really need to read this book. And when I bought it at Barnes & Noble the other day, I said this like two weeks ago, and I started reading it in the store, I'm like, oh, buddy, I cannot read this in public. Like, I felt like I had to be in my room, like, alone. Like, it's 
so good. But But anyhow, no, I mean, really, like, I was like, I understand why the whole phenomenon is amazing. But That's right. So, so right, so I started playing this, and I said, well, you know, you should really finish this by. And so as time's gone on, I agreed with him. I was like, especially since I've been reading this book, like, I almost had, like, that um, that experience. Like, I had that experience with, like, my Christian Grey, you know, and that's kind of where that song came from. And for me, um, I think it just, it would fit that movie and the theme so well. And so that's why we've kind of been pushing it, because I think it would really um, benefit the movie, and I think it goes well with it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're going to play it every, uh, for everybody, and we're going to keep up with you. And, you know, if if they don't call, you have a great voice, and that just wasn't the avenue that oh, God had planned you so for much. your direction. Yeah, and that's exactly the way I look at it. But, but you know, if, if, if you do get the call, you will do great on it, and we will keep up with you either way. So I'm going to play this song, and thank you. I, I know it's been a busy, busy day, so thank you for checking oh, in okay. with us. Just, and, and just kind of letting us know how the whole process uh, on the voice works, and, and we will definitely keep up with you on that. Thanks, Abby. Will do. Thank you so much, Lori. I appreciate it. All right, no problem. Have a great day. You and, too. And, and, and best of luck with the phone call. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, that was Abby Sky. I'm going to play her song in just a moment so you can hear um, hear her voice. And then I'm going to we're going to check in down at the market. As everybody knows, uh, I have a live show going on at the market 7:30 on Thursday. So if you're at the market, stop by and say hi. Um, it's going to be great. I love, love, love the market. There's a fantastic vibe that goes on down there. Great music, great food, great people. Love it all. There's just nothing about it that I that I don't like. I'm going to check in with one of the uh, crafts people down there, and we're going to see what's going on. I've been following our, our scavenger hunt. They've been checking in with us, tweeting the pictures out on Twitter of, as they found different things. So I'm going to check in with one of the artists, and I'm going to let you listen to Abby Sky, and I'll be back in just a moment. Cause he's got paintings on his eyes And I can't look away Daddy says please don't stray Cause he's got paintings on his eyes Well he whispers in my ear He tells me Never say, and well, he whispers in my ear, and he's got paintings on his
that was Abby Sky, and as uh, all of you know, we were just talking to Abby. She's been auditioning for The Voice all day today, waiting to get a phone call tonight to see how that pans out, so we wish Abby the best. Well, right now, we have one of my really good friends down at Pike Market, Kat, on the phone. She's an artist. Symbols in Art is the name of her uh, shop, and she is going to give us a little idea of what's been going on down at the market today. We sent one of our listeners on a scavenger hunt to find Kat, and they found Kat and tweeted out a picture, so that was really exciting. Hi, Kat. Hi, Laurie. How are you? I'm doing great. So what are things like at the market today? It looks like it's a beautiful day down there. It, 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 this is Seattle at its best, and uh, it's just incredible. The market is just pumping as usual. You know, there's a, a lot of uh, crowd here as far as the, the typical Saturday goes. We've got the torchlight parade coming up tonight and a lot of other activities going on, but it seems like right now just about everybody's here at the market. And so we've got you, some... Give a lot of tourists there? Yeah, a lot of tourists, a lot of visitors coming in um, that are searching for better weather than where they're from. Um, you know, a lot of people from Georgia saying that they've had 39 days of, of rain and um, they're ready to, for some sunshine. So believe it or not, they came here. <laughs> they came to Seattle for the sun. That's funny. Exactly, exactly. And there must be some sort of run going on. There's a bunch of people running through with uh, race numbers on. They'll have that kind of crazed look in their eyes. But they're running through the market with some sense of purpose. Um, you never quite know what's going on, but it's some sort of run that they're having today, and it's bringing them right through the market. But well, it's, um, it's is it, good. Is it crowded? Is, is, it, is there a lot of people? It is crowded. I would say that it's not as crowded as the usual Saturday, and I'm thinking that that's probably because of the Capitol Hill block party and maybe people mm -hmm. getting ready for um, the torchlight parade. So there are a lot of people here, but there is uh, room for a lot more. Absolutely, and 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 it's a great place to take advantage of that great weather. Um, I, I know there's oh, so absolutely. much going on tonight. The Mariners are in town. The Sounders are playing. You got the Capitol Hill Block Party, uh, the Torchlight Parade. So there there is a lot going on. But I'm glad to hear that yeah. a lot of people that didn't let that traffic situation maybe scare them and and are still taking advantage of coming down to the market. Oh. Absolutely. I, I think a lot. that's always a little bit of a frustration when the, if the people, the newscasters, will talk about the, how bad the traffic is going to be, and it, it does keep a lot of people from, from coming down, I think. But once you know where the parking is, you know, and, and uh, you just come through, rather than come through the market uh, dry, trying to drive through Pike Place, just being able to go right to the parking garage that they have on Western uh, and just settle in and, and just be ready for a great day. Yeah, and I, I do want to say that that parking garage on Western is one of the cheapest parking garages as well. It's uh, I think you can park there relatively cheap for the whole day. Oh, so not only is absolutely. it close, but it's also one of the most uh, the cost-effective ones as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's beautiful. People are here, and they're happy, and they're bring I see lots of wonderful food walking by. You can always tell how busy the market is by how long the, the line is for the Starbucks. And uh, it's all the way down to Seattle Cutlery today. So that's a that's a good long line. Wow. Wow. That, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's it's always like that. It just never ceases to amaze me that people will wait in that 
that big old long line. I um, know exactly. Well, it's it's a uh, Starbucks and then Poroshki Poroshki. They're a, they're a, a good second as far as line goes, and then Beecher's. Uh, ever since mm-hmm. it was uh, Oprah's favorite cheese, Beecher's uh, has their own line. Oh, so, but yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about them being Oprah's favorite cheese. Oh, Oprah, yeah. darn it, Oprah, you had yeah. to go tell everybody. I always get mac and cheese when I go there. I I, I love to oh. stop in and get their mac and cheese when I'm there. But I did notice that the line was longer. It's Oprah's fault. All right. Well, yeah, it's the yeah, Oprah effect. exactly. <laughs> the Oprah thing. It's true. It's true. But we're just fun. The tents are out on the street. There are a lot of uh, the, the artists here out on the street. Um, lots of produce. The produce is looking great. Strawberries are kind of at their last, uh, but the berries, the rest of the berries are still really great. A lot of greens, a lot of squash coming out. So, you know, I I, I like to do my um, produce shopping on Sundays here at the market. You know, I, I sit up on Sundays and then take some time away from the table and uh, head on down with my bag. And Sundays are my favorite day here. Well, you know, I, I would just uh, um, put on my Facebook page that 70% of the produce that comes into the or that we eat as Americans is um, from outside the United States, so it's imported. 70% of produce and fruits and vegetables, and only 2% oh is is inspected. Only 2% is inspected, and uh, people are getting sick. So it's never been as important as it is now to buy local and buy it, you know, buy USA and buy from farmers markets. And that's the great thing about Pike Market is it is a working farmers market, not only with locally produced fruits and vegetables, but crafts as well. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the whole thing. That meet the producer sign is true. It really is true. Um, that's that's the foundation of Pike Place Market is that meet the producer sign. Whether you're buying your produce or you're buying art from any of the day stallers up at the North Arcade, you are truly meeting the producer. And you just don't have that opportunity uh, on an ongoing basis. So to make the effort to come down, we just can't say enough. I mean, we truly welcome people to the market. We appreciate when they come down, and, and um, we love to be able to talk to people, truly. Great. All right, Kat, well, I'm going to let you go so you can get back to work. I, I, I know that you are you are a small business down there working. I'm going to see you Thursday right. doing a live show down there Thursday morning, 730. Oh, it's going to be fun. Oh, we are so looking forward to it. Yep, we'll have coffee ready. <laughs> Yay, Thank I love coffee. So I'm a coffee addict. Story. Yeah, oh, you're absolutely. Okay, well, talk to you soon, Lori. Uh, all right, uh, sounds good, and I will see you on Thursday. Thanks, Kat. Thank you, Lori. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, well, that's what's happening down at Pike Market. So get to Seattle and get down there. Maybe we'll put you on the radio. If you want to take advantage of the scavenger hunt, uh, you can go to the Facebook page and contact me, Northwest Prime, on Facebook. Or, of course, you know that I'm on Twitter, um, I guess, info. You can always find Connect through northwestprime.com as well and through Seattle Wave Radio. So uh, if you want to do the scavenger hunt and you're at Pike Place Market, uh, just let me know, and we'll set you up with that, and you can win a prize. And it's been fun to, to follow the people doing the scavenger hunt down there today. They've been having a great time. They've been meeting the artists and tweeting pictures as they went along. So uh, it's just a, a great, great day to be out and about and taking advantage of this great weather. I definitely want to thank everybody who came on today, Monkey Bat, 
fantastic uh, music that those guys are putting out, Brian and Vern and Scott, uh, Michelle from uh, from the Fifty Shades group and who's now branched out her blog and is doing interviews with um, authors. Uh, Michelle's just uh, always fun to talk with, so I really enjoyed having her on. The Band the West, Adrian Bob and Anthony, who was even in the back, um, I'm going to get out and I'm going to see them and, and support great music. And Abby, we definitely want to keep up with Abby and see how her um, time on The Voice, if that pans out. If if it does, we're going to keep following her. We'll check in with Abby as she's launching her music career in New York City anyway, time to time. And then, of course, uh, Pike, Pike, Mar- uh, Pike Place Market. We want to thank Kat for letting us call and, and talk to her. And then I'll be doing the live show down there. Thursday at 7.30 in the morning. That will be a live show. So I wanted to say at the beginning of the show, I had brought my dog Peyton in here because she was a little depressed. I told a couple of the guests if she barks, I'll do a shot. She's really good. She didn't bark at all. In fact, she didn't even move through the whole time, so she might get to come back to the radio station one more time. As long as she's a good girl, I might bring her again. So, But I was a little bit looking forward to doing a shot. But anyway, and Annie McCarroll from Belfast, Northern Ireland, he let us play his song today as well. So, And Lisa, we want to say thank you to uh, to uh, Lisa for co-hosting with me a couple weeks ago and that, uh, uh, thank her again and have a happy birthday because today is her birthday. Symbols in Art is the name of Kat who's down at Pike Space Market. And she also has a website, symbols and art, and I believe .com. So, again, uh, Monday, Pamela Moore from Sister Mary, Queensryche, Fame, uh, Mind Crime was the album, the number 34 album ever of, of metal albums. She was a part of that. She's going to be on. And a lot of big, big guests coming up in the month of August. So, let's see. Who are we going to play out to today? Let's just start the loop over again. Let's play Monkey Bat, and let's play, let's play uh, Springtime Love. This sounds appropriate. And thanks for joining us, and we will see you at the market. 